I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element hip hop, which is knowledge. You, you got what I need. Well, you say he's just a friend. You say he's just a friend. Oh, baby. Oh, baby, you. <laughs> Alright, two times, two, two times. He said two, we agreed on two. Let's <laughs> stop. Let's stop making the whole episode. <laughs> oh, so good, man. Oh, top, top, top ten intro just for just for the just for the duo. Love Fucking love, love the bottling. Uh, <laughs> You, if if you came here for perfect vocals, you oh, have came to the wrong place. You've come to the wrong place <laughs> as well, yeah. So. You've come to the wrong fucking place, mate. Hi, Ben. How's your week been? What have you been listening to this week? Well, I didn't actually listen to Zay this week, so I'm sure people will want to hear my... <laughs> uh, no, I fucked up, Stop the presses. Look, man, look, look. The wheels are starting to fall off in lockdown, okay? The wheels are really starting to fall off. Uh, the energy is zero. I spent a lot of time in bed watching Power... Which is really dumb because it's really frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating me so much. But oh, I, we must talk about it. Yeah, though. We must talk do about it. it. But so I haven't, I haven't, I haven't spun it. I'm not avoiding it. I, I just haven't had the uh, opportunity. I haven't been in the right headspace. But I did listen to a lot. Uh, DJ Mugs and Hologram, American Cheese. This album is right in the DJ Mugs wheelhouse. It's gritty, open plan beats, super solid MC over the top of them. Hologram is really great. You know, he's not a raspy MC. He's really calm, focused clinical MC. Uh, I think he contrasts an artist like Axer and Bronson really well, who pops up on on this record. Bronson, to me, is like Jackson Pollock. You know, it looks random, but it's actually really intricate. But Hologram's point is always much clearer and much more simple. You know, when he comes up next to Mayhem Loren, for example, he sounds really engaging, like the perfect foil. It's a great project. It, it doesn't surprise me at all. I've personally not listened to Hologram before, but anything DJ Muggs touches, I'm, I'm going to listen, and it's great. Uh, Travis Thompson, Boulevard Boy, this slaps, man. This this slaps a whole record, front to back, really goes. The production is really great. The ability and lyrical display matches it really well. Travis Thompson is really adept in a lot of different directions. I wouldn't necessarily say I think he has a really unique, fully realized sound yet, but I think that's only a matter of picking a lane. I think this record is fun. He's really exploring uh, what his capabilities are on a whole bunch of different kinds of instrumentals. It's just a great listen. It's a really great listen. Again, my first time listening to Travis Thompson. Really enjoyed it. Sarkozy, No Pressure. The title is really apt here because this feels like a championship artist just taking a victory lap. You know, the, the track with Vic Mensa, for example, Sarkozy just ran rings around him. The track with Giggs, Giggs is menacing. And then Sarkozy brings so much energy. It's the perfect match. And it adds so much texture to, to Giggs' verse. It's amazing. And fireworks with Wale, that beat could have come off a fucking Human Nature album in the late nineties. It's just, it's a weird beat, but they float on it. And it's like Cody's so versatile. You know, when the piano comes in on whipped, 
I felt like we were going to get this huge electro clash hit, but we got a sample Take My Breath Away by Berlin, which was heavily chopped and turned into this bop, like absolutely stunning beat. And Psychody flows on it like he's running downstairs. Like, you know when you're running downstairs really quickly at like the train station or something? It's pretty difficult to do well, but you've done it so many times that there's a grace to it. And it's just like this this man can rap so well. He's like a graceful rapper. It's just he's like a Rolls Royce rapper. And that's that's it's fucking a great project. Um, Unknown T, Adolescence. Production really struck me on this record. Sometimes I think drill artists can be a little bit hesitant to deviate from uh, the identifiable and consistent drill sound. I think there's an element of that in this, you know, Unknown T record, but I think he stayed within it, but he managed to be as expansive as possible within that realm. And, you know, the sample at the start of uh, Vacation sound like a mid-2010s beat, but the scattered hi-hats and then that really menacing, menacing synth, like... Yeah, that's that's drill. So, uh, you know, Bible Love Paul it has a guitar, and the song kind of hovers between this drill beat and a folk folk focus beat. Like it's it's a weird mix, but it really works. And Unknown T's delivery is really immovable. You know, he barrels through songs with calm and without ceremony, and it it allows him to deliver quality across the whole tape because he isn't straying too far from where his immense ability resides and then everything he drops on this project therefore is expert level you know and it's different to the travis thompson album in that sense where i say travis thompson is doing a whole different bunch of things unknown t is doing one thing really fucking well and yeah i think this is he's just gonna grow man commercially like he really is super talented uh finally no not finally uh dave east harry fraud huffer it's not really it's it's weird like we did get mixtape dave east on this record uh or a version of him but he sounds he sounds so good on features he always jumps in with this entirely new angle and sound usually really different from his counterpart or similar enough to create a really good dynamic and then he's gone and it leaves you wanting more but on this record he's ever present of course it's his it's his project and I don't know, man. It flips me from being really excited to hear Davies verse to me kind of waiting for him to finish so I can hear his guest, which is not... I, I don't know why that is. I, I think that 14 songs was too many as well. Uh, Count it up and maybe I Can Hear the Storm could probably have been left off. I think Harry Ford was really good on here, uh, but some of the beats are a little bit more cluttered than what I would expect. It's a good project. Look, you know, we're, we're harsh on Dave East because we really like him. We really do like him and we rate him highly. And we're confused as to why he hasn't reached the levels that he's capable of yet. And I don't think he reaches it on this project again. You know, I, I really do think he can carry his talent and that desire to hear what he has to say on a guest verse. I think he can do that on, on a whole project, but he just hasn't done it on this project. And it's good. It's good, man. It's it's not a bad project at all. It's just I I think Dave East has a lot of talent. Uh, Rome Streets and Future Wave Razor's Edge that came out last week. Uh, this week on streaming, great project. Like you know, totally consistent, really good project. And finally, All In by Skepta. Skepta, this was interesting. I, some people were saying that he'd retired. Now, I didn't hear him retire. Maybe he did retire at some point. I'm not sure, but like, yeah, yeah, he did. Okay. So well, well, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's fo- he said he's focusing on producing, so he's still gonna be about. But yeah, he's okay. he said he has nothing 
nothing left anymore in the vault. So, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he did, what is he? What? Are, what more can he achieve? Like, he's got top three singles, top two on the album charts, charted on the Hot 100 and Billboard 200, a lot of production credits, Mercury Prize winner, BT Award winner. I don't know. He's, this EP is just a mix of weird songs. Like, not weird in the sense that they're weird individually but like just as a collection you know belita was a super hype song peace of mind is a real experimental left of center song nirvana is really strong but kind of reserved eyes on me sounds like it has a drill cadence and lit like this was different again it's, it's a weird project and i th- I personally think he sounds the best over really energetic beats but maybe that's just because i'm used to skeptic on that type of production so I don't know. It was a, it's just that EP thing where you you put out an EP and you do whatever you want on it, and uh, sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. I think it was okay, but um, yeah, maybe I feel him on the the not having a lot in the vault kind of thing. Maybe he's just experimenting at the moment with his own production, and that's fair, man. If you're if you're as good an MC as Skepta and you want to rap on your own production, go for it. Like I'm I'm here for it. So yeah, it was yeah. So that was me, Charlie. What about yourself? Yeah, so I got into uh, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I mean, I had a, I had a few other projects um, that I'm gonna move over to next week for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, yeah, I got some good stuff in. Uh, so I got two, <laughs> I got in two Vic uh, Spencer projects. Uh, one recent one uh, with him and Mill Beats, Brainstem Factory, and also Legend Laws of Power. Uh, from I think a couple of months ago, if I double check that. Um, but starting with Brainstem, uh, that really, uh, uh, I mean, I just, I just really enjoy if Spencer as a rapper, so I'll, I'll hear him, I'll, I'll hear him on anything, to be completely honest. And I feel like, uh, the, uh, from, from the stuff I've, li- I've listened to so far, um, nothing has personally come close to the uh, Spencer for Hire three uh, project from, uh, from a couple of years ago or last year. Uh, I've just uh, I, I just love that uh, project uh, from start to finish but you know this is this is cool as well you know you get in the you get in the real uh, it's the first time I've heard a mill beats anything uh, so it kind of has this this uh, like it, it, it deviates from like grimy something the locks should be on uh, the locks should be on uh, and also something that like I can see MF Doom on right it, it has it has that it has these eclectic beats and then the, and then they have these really grimy beats that like I can definitely see like Jadakiss just going off on um, so yeah and, you know and Vic Spencer you know just uh, jumps on all of that uh, straight weed bars psycho shit um, I, I just love when his alter ego comes in he's just it sounds like oh shit he's coming it's, it's just amusing to listen to uh, but also Legends for Legend Laws of Power is uh, great as well uh, so you know very short succinct listen uh, short and sweet uh, gets the job done for me uh, it's about 30 sign minutes uh, but yeah man I, I love that I love that project as well uh, solid 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 piece it's just interesting uh having somebody that consistently drops stuff um and just seeing how they how they take it for uh, if that makes any sense uh oh this dropped in may okay so legend of power dropped in may there you go um but yeah there's some good stuff on there all over there's rock marciano ransom on a charter members uh, which is good um and uh yeah pretty much decent anyway continuing on uh okay this is a random a random one but I really enjoyed it actually. So this is uh, a Sata uh, Kanan Mason. 
summertime. Um, so I, I I wouldn't know if anybody's heard of the, if, if you've heard that name before. You may have. I'm not really sure. Um, I'm not. <laughs> you, if you have, it'll be for a very weird reason. But uh, his her his his her uh, brother uh, uh, Sheku uh, Sheku uh, Kana Mason uh, basically was in. Um, he performed for a royal wedding. I forget which one. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think it was Meghan Harry's. Uh, but yeah, he performed there, and uh, he's a very successful uh, celloist. If I remember, if I remember correctly, uh, I'm I'm literally just scrolling through fucking bios here, just trying to find it. Yes, he's a British cellist, and uh, Isata um, is great in her own right. Uh, she is a great pianist, and um, she comes through with this album, Summertime. Uh, you know, basically covers in some way. Uh, of uh, a lot of, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I personally haven't heard these names. <laughs> I'm just going to be real with you. Um, I'm not exactly uh, classically uh, trained in that fashion. Uh, but you have, uh, for, for if you've heard these names, then you know, go for this uh, definitely. Uh, Earl Wild for the first few tracks. Samuel Barber, uh, George Gershwin, uh, Amy Beach, Aaron Copeland, uh, Samuel Coleridge Taylor. Um, so yeah, she 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 does some really boss just piano music it is straight up piano music you know there's some stuff in the you know stuff behind it but obviously the main stuff is supposed to be the piano stuff um she actually does the man i love um which i really enjoy uh because cause like it's like one of the only tracks i've actually heard of in a different uh, in a different space i think it's like a film i watched I, f- I forget where it where it comes from but yeah i've heard it before uh but yeah man shout out to like kind of mason and shout out to the whole family man tender shit imagine that just like world-class cellist and pianist like just in your house crazy uh skepta all in um yeah it's obviously very uh, uh, uh variety packed is <laughs> a, a decent way of saying it you know what i mean just different vibes i love how you said belator when it's bellator that was just amusing i didn't want to crush your phone uh, but that was just, that was just funny my too. bad i apologize but later but later um but yeah you know it's a uh, skepta with some you know, just like UK rap beats, grind beats, this beat, this this beat, that beat. Um, I actually didn't mind him and Jay Balvin. Is it Jay Balvin? I forget yeah, if it's him. Yeah, it's Jay Balvin. Um, yeah, that, that was really good. I actually liked the hook for that particular song. That was really good. I enjoyed that one thoroughly. I thought I wouldn't, uh, considering just the 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 artistic differences on that front. But uh, yeah, man, actually, actually, hit quite nice. I really like that. And uh, yeah, man, uh, yeah, Skepta's been talking about you know. Ret- quote-unquote retiring from i guess just dropping albums i assume um but he yeah he has said that he what he's going to do producing going to continue doing that um he wants to do an all-female album which i'm completely here for i'd love to see who he gets uh, gets for that um but yeah man he's I don't, I don't i don't think he's done in any you know in any sense i don't think retirement is the correct word um but he's probably not going to be doing uh he's probably not going to be doing a any albums anytime soon, but we'll never, you never know. Um, Isaiah Rashad Thib. Thib. <laughs> uh, the house is, it's, it's the house is burning, but I just love calling it Thib. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I feel like I'm missing something when I, when I listen to this. Uh, I, I, I like it and I like having it in the background. I was like working to it. You know what I mean? I was catching, I was catching the, you know, I, I was, 
yeah, I had it in the background. I was, I was listening to it. It was nice to listen to. The beats are super cohesive. They just, well, apart from the one with Lil Uzi, that I just that, that song had no right be in there, uh, in that track list, been that whole song. Um, but apart from that, I really enjoyed the album. It was, it was calm. Um, I, I yeah, I don't know if it's just like TDE hype that I feel like I'm missing here. Um, maybe it's that, and I'm just trying to ditch that. But then also I'm trying to account for that because I'm just like, okay, it's a good album. It's not like you know classic or anything. I'm not blo- I'm not my mind ain't, my mind isn't blown from like the lyrical content so to speak. Um, but yeah, it's just some it's just a decent collection of songs for me. I I, I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a cool album. It's not like Almadia or anything, but yeah, it's good stuff. Um, <laughs> Logic is back. <laughs> Uh, Logic is back, boys. I didn't spin it. What's it like? <laughs> no shit, you didn't spin it. I'm very not surprised. <laughs> Probably Tarantino three. Um, I I like it. I like it. I, I'm gonna continue to say it. I like Logic. I don't care what You've you guys say. Get off Logic. my dick. You're a big fan. I of don't. Logic. Well, no. I don't. I, I don't always like Logic. I thought you liked him I, back I in the day. I thought it was. He's a, <clears throat> he's a big. Yeah, I've like I've I've I liked I've liked him since. Well, I got into him from Incredible True Story, and I went back obviously, and I was like, holy shit, Under Pressure's sick. Under right? Pressure. I was, I was. I came in. I came in after. I came in around the time of Incredible True Story, right? And obviously, you know, it's been hit or miss, uh, you know, for some of these projects. I I didn't even listen to Confessions uh, or the Supermarket album. I didn't even listen to those because I was just like, okay, everyone's hating on this, so I'm just not gonna even bother. Um, so you know, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like a super fan, right? I I just like, I I just like his beats. Like his beats are just super fucking clean. Um, most of the time, you know, his his flows are cool. He has good bars. He has bad bars as well, right? I'm not gonna say. I'm not, you know. Um, even with this, <coughs> even with this uh, EP right here, well, it's not an EP. It's a, it's a mixtape, but yeah, you know. Um, you know, there's some <coughs> there's some good stuff here. Um, Inside with Cynthia Revo is really good. Really, uh, that was a really good track. Um, you know, get up, get up is you know very preachy. One of those tracks. Um, uh, God might judge is very interesting. There's like a refrain in the middle that just kind of yeah, there's something that happens in the middle of that song that just I, I have no idea what happened there, and then it just went back to being good again. I was just like, okay, um, but yeah, there's some good stuff on here. Stupid skit is just is literally the stupidest skit I've ever heard. I'm just like, what? Why? Why bother? But hey ho, whatever creativity, I guess, right? Um, but yeah, man. And I'll say this, and this has you know kind of this has something to do with logic but you know um it's more on sam spratt the uh designer but bro these these covers man this artwork are fucking heat bro like i, I, I love i love these artworks are so fucking hot um but yeah it's a solid project i can't complain there's some good tracks on there definitely um a couple of preachy songs that's just a bit right turn it turn it tone it down a bit uh but yeah man there's some good bars there's some good stuff in there and lastly emma jean thackeray uh with yellow uh, long-awaited. Is it debut? I think it's a debut album. Um, but yeah, this is a great album. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. This is not just jazz, but there's some funk in it as well. Like, say something is crazy clean. Uh, there's mentions of planetarial shit. Uh, you know, first track and last track are both called Mercury, but the last one has 
in retrograde, um, so, you know, astrology, uh, vibes, uh, sun, Venus, uh, Golden Green is a banging track, love that track so much, Green Funk is great as well, uh, Say Something, as I mentioned, uh, Spectre's a great track, I had that on uh, Chinema Charlie UK Jazz Edition, that was volume 2 if you want to go peep that, um, but yeah man, this is some great flavours all over this place, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it, uh, I, I don't know what the what the timeline is for Mercury Prize nominations, but I wouldn't be surprised if this kind of album got there, because um, it's just, it just takes you everywhere, it's not just jazz, not just funk, not just soul, uh, she has great vocals as well uh, throughout some of these uh, songs, it just goes all over the place, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking here for it, it's great, and with that said, <coughs> well, we get into um, our retrospective, and that's my attempt to uh, allow it. Um, that, uh, we get into our retrospective on the one and only Biz Marquee. Uh, obviously, uh, this has been a couple of weeks in the making, uh, and uh, obviously after. I mean, in Ben's, in, to Ben's credit, uh, we he wanted to. He actually offered to. Uh, well, he suggested we should do this. Uh, a couple of months ago, um, and we just didn't get round ra- round to it. So it's a bit. Um, I guess it's unfortunate that we couldn't do it beforehand. I don't. I'm not really sure how to even think about that. Uh, whether it's is it better to do it before or after? I, I don't know. But we're doing it regardless. It's happening. Um, and yeah, man, I'm 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 excited to do this one because uh, for. For one for one particular reason, uh, it's kind of Bismarcky was kind of those, one of those. Uh, I say relics, but not in like a negative way, like you know he's old and washed or anything. But literally just like a historical reference of, for me personally, uh, how fascinating it is to have this person who was clearly like one of the most popular dudes in hip hop at one point. Mm. And when I say pop, most popular dudes in hip hop. I mean at a time when hip-hop was literally just like New York and that was it. <laughs> like, if you if you were popping in New York, you, you, you're famous. You've made it, right? It's different now, obviously, where you made it is having a song on TikTok, right? It's different. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's, it's uh, have it headlining a certain f- a particular festival is making it, right? Um, but, it, but in 80s... New York, if you were a hip-hop artist, being played in all five boroughs was you making it, right? And for Bismarcky, I think he was one of those people early on uh, where he was just, you know, just highly respected. And that respect, I think, you know, bled into into the if you know, you know crowd, you know? Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> it it, ble- it bled into that because obviously now Bismarcky's more of just like, well, again, if you know, you know, but it's it, it's 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 different. It's different when you when you know what Bismarcky was about, and when you listen to the music, you know it's not the best music of all time, but it's the humility. It's the comedy, it's the entertainment factor, and it's also just the testimonials from other people. Um, there's a lyric that comes through, I think, like in his third... No, no, 
I think it comes in like a, I think it actually comes in Weekend Mario, um, where he goes like, I'm not number one, uh, but I'm, but I'm having fun. I'm gonna look that. I'm gonna look that bar up now, um, just for just to be sure. But um, yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting thinking about somebody that's clearly not trying to, you know, be the best, right? But it's just there to just be that entertainer and to just be that essence of hip hop that sometimes we forget, right? That fun element, that party element that um that literally birthed hip hop. You know, it started in a house it started in a in a block party. A literal block party. Or not well, tower block kind of party. Not 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 like the block in terms of streets, but you know what I mean. He just he just embodied that, and that essence is lost in a lot of ways, but encapsulated in this person. And hopefully we can get through. Hopefully we can get that through as we continue, <coughs> as we go on with this episode. Um. So yeah, with that said, Ben, I do have a question, but I kind of want you to get into the history of it, uh, history of biz, uh, just for the kick. So uh, you, you could do that first, and then uh, uh, if we if I remember the question, then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you later. Okay. Um, yeah, so Biz is from Long Island, and he's just one of the most joyous musical presents hip-hop has ever seen. You know, a Biz album is basically a, a much safer antidepressant. I've never I've never been wallowing while listening to Pickin' Boogers, for example. You know, actually, the first time, first time I ever heard that was I was really entranced. Like, slightly gross humor, but not gross. Like, wholesome. It's, yeah, it's fascinating. So Biz uh, grew up in Long Island, and in, even at high school, they called him a prankster, according to the Guardian's article. They they uh, they wrote about him after he passed, and uh, Biz first discovered hip hop through the L Brothers in 1978 uh, and 1977-1978. So the L Brothers is where Grandmaster Flash began. The Fantastic Five was originally the L Brothers. It was Busy B Starsky who actually wasn't involved in all the L Brothers releases. But he ended up giving Biz the inspiration for his name. And Biz said, and and I quote this via the Washington Post, Biz says, Biz comes from the first hip-hop tape I heard. It was 77, 78 from the L Brothers. Grand Wizard Theodore was a DJ, and the rapper was Kevy Kev, Master Rob, and Busy B Starsky. I love Busy B. Busy B just stuck with me. My name used to be Busy B Marky, and after a while I put the Biz with the Marky. My nickname in my neighborhood was Marky. So a lot of people thought it was like Otto von Bismarck, the former president of Prussia, but it was not it was not that at all. So Biz, Rakim, uh, Chill, DJ Bilal were inseparable during the early eighties. You know, Biz was from Long Island and he and Rakim formed a friendship. DJ Bilal said they used to hold parties in his basement, and the first time Biz ever turned up, he beatboxed. And uh, DJ Bilal said that he had never seen anything like that before, and they were instantly hooked. Uh, apparently, one night Biz was beatboxing "Impeach a President" by the Honey Drippers, and it was just blowing people's minds. So Biz was also around Roxanne Chante back in the day. Now everyone knew Biz. What that's what you're going to learn from this first section. Like Biz, everyone in the area knew Biz, and you know people close to him said he wasn't even paid for the shows that he did for her, but he was just beatboxing for the love and for the look, you know, there's, there's footage of this. There's actually footage where Biz is just beatboxing and then Roxanne Chante is, is rapping next to him. DJ Diamond met Biz when they were nine years old. Um, you know, it's kind of like rather than speak on who Biz Marquis knew, it's like who didn't he know, you know. 
DJ Live said he saw Biz Markey literally everywhere in the area. Marley Mile first met him in Queensbridge, and Biz was explicitly there to meet Marley Mile in the hallway of the building that Marley Mile was in, making so much noise you couldn't possibly miss him. And this is a key part of the story because when Marley Mile walked into the hallway, it was packed with people bouncing to Biz's beatboxing. So not only could he draw a crowd at such a young age, he could hold them in the palm of his hand, he could entertain them. And all these stories we hear of people encountering Biz before he got on say the same thing. He was special. He was an entertainer who had his own aura, even as a young, unknown artist. And Biz himself said in an interview he was always really determined. And I find it fascinating it was beatboxing that first introduced him into the Juice Crew. But, you know, that's just, he's just a great beatboxer. And Prolific P gave Biz a huge amount of credit for diversifying what was acceptable in hip-hop. On that point, Prolific P said Biz's humor his entertainment, his dancing, anything about him could have gone left. And I see that too. Like as hip hop moved much further into posturing and into harder, more aggressive lyrics and much more powerful and aggressive images, Biz came just before all that. And it genuinely looks like he was hugely influential in creating a lane separate from that, where artists could express themselves in a much more flamboyant manner and not be criticized. Because Biz was never the most lyrical, he was never the most sexual, he was never the most braggadocious. He was real, he was down to earth, he was fun, but he was also vulnerable. Like, he took risks. Picking boogers is a risk. That's a risk. That's a huge risk to put that as your first song on your debut album. But it's bravery. And Young Joe said it really well when they interviewed him about Biz. He said, Biz never held back. You Like, you look at his clothes, you look at his dancing and his energy... There was nothing about Biz Marquis that was reserved or fake or fronted or, you know, it was just him. And when I was watching him and Slick Rick discuss 1988 on that video, I think it dropped in 2015, it was the same person I see in those 1980s interviews, just authenticity. And I think this exemplifies it. This is Biz Marquis talking about pick and boogers to Westwood in the 1980s. Uh, he says, pick and boogers to me, that came from the heart. All the incidents really happened when I was in school, on the train, and with a girl. I wanted to put it in a way where it wasn't nasty, but it was still funny. And that's it. Like, it's simple, right? It sounds simple, but it's complex. It's complex. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. So, yeah, Biz was, like, in Juice Cruise, battling people at parties next to Rakim. He was working with Roxanne Chante, producing his own music, and working on his debut record. And that's how we get going off. You want to talk about that, Charlie? Yes, we could jump right in if you like. Uh, right, yeah. So, coming off, okay. Picking boogers, yeah. First track. I, 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 I said this to Ben. I was just like, I've, I've heard picking boogers. I just didn't know the first fucking track of his right. first fucking album. <laughs> he just walked in with his whole chest, didn't he? He's like, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Cop this. This is absurd. Like, Off imagine rip. that. Like, yeah. that's fucking crazy, man. Legend. That's just, that is some epic confidence and self awareness. That's just, I'm just, I'm just trying to think, right? Of imagine, just, just take yourself to February 23rd, 1988, and you just, you just go to the record store, and you get. <laughs> and you get going off on vinyl or whatever, right? Uh, or whatever apparatus you want to get it from, right? And you rush home, stick it on, ready to hear Biz having fun. A picky boogers. <laughs> Is there a wilder first track than that on a no, debut no. record? I, 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 
honestly, I will pose that challenge. N- name a just n- name a track just more iconic <laughs> of a first album than that. Like this is. Uh, that's just it's it, it, honestly I say all that, but it's literally perfect. Like I don't oh, think, yeah. I I don't think there's any. I, I think that's the perfect thing to pick. <laughs> pick, no pun intended. Um, you know uh-huh. it's 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 perfect. Like he could have just thrown vapors on it because obviously that was the single, right? And you know you could have just thrown the because fir- you know a lot of people yeah. do that. They throw the popular song on first, right? But no, no, no. Let's throw on a track that epitomizes me. Yeah, and that's pick a book. <laughs> it's just gross, gross. Um, but even that, even with that. So, uh, uh, you know, as people, as uh, you know, people, most people know, uh, Big Daddy Kane wrote the first five tracks, which includes Vapors. Um, and it's actually interesting how the album actually. I I, I like how the uh, with that said, the album really is in two halves. It is ten tracks, so it kind of cuts off into two halves, and it's very, it's it's very when you know that fact about Big Daddy Kane writing the first five songs and then, you know, the sixth song is Make Music With Your Mouth Biz and then you have the biz dance and then Nobody Bees to Biz, right? And then obviously Cool V's Tribute to Scratching which is just um, lovely uh, just with, the, with all the scratching. Um, it actually cuts the album into two kind of, kind of in some way because um, the first five tracks are very lyric heavy in that sense and the last five aren't exactly. They're not too. They're not too deep with it. Um, yeah, you know, Albie Square Mall's very uh, uh, packed. Uh, Biz is going off. Obviously, is very packed. Um, excuse me, and obviously Vapors is as well. But um, yeah, I, I I really enjoy this album. I actually really, I actually just really enjoyed listening to it. If I if and I mean I mean that in the sense of while I had it on. I was just like always doing something, you know. I was either singing to it, singing along with it, or just like, uh, or or just beatboxing with it. You know, what I mean, I was always doing something along with it, and I didn't re- I didn't notice that until I finished the album. I was just like, I literally just engaged with that whole album really, really intensely, more than I thought I would. Um, so yeah, it's a very enjoyable listen. Actually, I'm not even gonna lie to you. It's, it's a super enjoyable listen, and uh, epically replayable. Um, just when you're, if you have like, I don't know how long the album is itself, like fifty silent minutes. But if you just have fifty silent minutes to, and you're just doing something, just slap that on. You'll be, <laughs> you know, time will fly. Time will literally fly for you. I'm not even gonna lie to you. This is a great project, man. This is a classic, classic album, absolute classic. Look at the look at the landscape when Biz dropped this project. Okay, Going Off came out in February 1988, which is one of the greatest years in hip hop history. After this record, yeah. after Going Off, we got He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper, Tougher Than Lever, Strictly Brisness, Long Live the Cane, Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, Follow the Leader, Straight Out of Compton, Easy Does It, Power by Ice T, Light as a Rock. MC Hammer's debut major label record, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick, like absolutely epic. And I think Biz set it all off in 1988. Tell me, like, I don't know anyone dropping music like Biz Marquee was in the mainstream because in that at that era, like Too Short had humor, but he had that a sexual angle that Biz never had. And it was in, it was entirely unique, I think, in my view. You know, you, you, 
open your debut album with pick and boogers and the wild thing is that beat is really beautiful really beautiful like it's really fucking good right the beat is great and biz decided to rap about picking your nose over the top of it and it's not weird or gross or nasty it's just kind of wholesome and obviously you know vapors is the song the song that people point to as launching you know his whole career basically the video the storytelling the honesty coining the whole phrase vapors which is something people will use for years to come in hip-hop uh vapors went number 80 on the hip-hop and r&b singles chart everyone knew it like when i when i watch uh interviews about biz and people talking about him people point to that uh as the video and the song they most remember from that era you know big daddy kane was in it so uh biz had that sex appeal by association but i think it was deeper than that you know deeper than the video and the success it was the message, and I think that's why Biz will always endure, Because and why he's such a versatile MC, because the song broke a really difficult, complex process down to a solitary word, and this is the thing, like, you know, Big Daddy K might have written bars for him, but Biz takes full credit for coming up with the term vapors, you know, he, he coined it, and it's not an easy phenomenon to describe, and it's a universal thing, too, in a myriad of ways, you know, people only hanging around you, engaging with you, because they're getting something out of it. It's it's really entrenched. It's really entrenched. It happens to me on social media. It happens with dating. It happens with friendship sometimes. You know, it's just like, it's a, it's a real thing. And I think that's the beauty of Bismarck E. He could put like pick and boogers and vapors on the same album and he didn't have to change it all. It just made perfect sense. Now, Marley Marl is credited as the sole producer, but it's a little bit, you know, it's a bit of an untold story that Bismarck E produced if not all than most of the record obviously i can't say that officially because we have the official credits and they list molly mile as the official producer but a lot of the interviews i listened to people say biz was involved dj diamond said molly mile was really just the engineer and that they would bring the records to him as in biz and probably cool v uh and then molly mile would create the track but the building blocks were already there and of course when we did the eric b and rakim episode i can't even remember when we did that episode it was so long ago now but Eric B's real excuse me, my um Eric B's relationship with Molly Mal was just was poor, like really poor. And Eric B said basically that Molly Mal, I don't want to say it too too uh starkly, you know, I don't want to just put this out there, but Mal, Eric B basically said that Molly Mal put his name on things that he didn't produce. So just throw the alleged word allegedly. Alleged, there, allegedly. You say allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. So essentially, Biz was the one who created that album sonically, just without the production credit. And there's not a miss on this record. There's not a miss. You know, Albie Square Mall was one of the first songs I listened to regularly from the 1980s. It was just his energy on it, you know? it's Biz is going off as a classic beat, classic song, one of the greatest hip-hop songs to come out of the 1980s. Just listen to the free association artistry on this album and just tell me it didn't influence, like, Shock G, Far Side. Because, you know, the way the Far Side rapped... Like, they were just, it's this open plan, kind of just come in whenever you want and leave whenever you want and put a couple of bars here and a couple of bars there. Biz just had all that, you know? He just had all that ability, and it was amazing, man. The beat on Make the Music With Your Mouse, Biz, Fire, Biz Dance, like, it's just, it's a great, great project. Like, it's really good, and it holds up, man. It holds up because it's fun, and it's the energy. It might not hold up, sonically it might be like yeah it sounds really dated and it does of course it's 1988 
but like it's just fucking fun and when i put it on a couple of like probably last week or the week before i just text charlie i'm just like bro i'm i'm having a great time right now just listening to biz marquee and yes yeah, just so much fun yeah it really is just a, a great tonic uh for just for just 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 a general environment uh you mentioned i'll be square moon the, the fact you listen to uh, east you uh one of, the, one of the songs from the A's that you listen to. But but Ben, is it better than The Breaks? <laughs> I mean, they're both they're both high quality songs it's from like that joke, era that like I've um, that I, I listen to still to this very day in regular To rotation. this very day, yeah. So, still in um, rotation. You know still, still in yeah, rotation. Yeah, still but ding, both ding, in ding, the ding. same same echelon, yeah. Yeah, definitely topped it. Uh, the Biz Never Sleeps. Uh, iconic uh, artwork. I love the artwork a lot. Just, um, yeah, I, don't, I just love it. Very Bill Nye, Science Guy vibes. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to, like, think. Uh, I'm kind of... Uh, it, it's weird because this album's great, but I'm trying to, but I'm trying to p- pinpoint... Uh, why I think the first album's better, but there's some songs on here that I listen to and I'm just like, this is a really fucking good song. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I'm, I, it's, it's really hard to pinpoint, and I probably won't have an answer by the time I stop talking. But some of these, some of these tracks are just uh, really good. Obviously, far out of the way, just a friend's here, right? That's obviously that obviously you know carries a lot of weight for some people. But uh, I, I I don't know, man. Like, there's some really good stuff in here, man. Like, uh, a thing named Kim is just <laughs> just a absolutely great. Just the storytelling that Biz comes through with is so. Uh, it's it's it it comes off like in your head as like a like a really poorly written, uh, poorly drawn cartoon. Uh, but it just, but the way it just comes through, it's just, it's still warm, regardless of how poorly the drawing is, if that makes any sense. Um, cause uh, I think name Kim is great. Like, so it was one of those days when nothing's right with the world. I was half broke, bored and fed up with my girl looking for something to do, but wondering how long it would take for the next thing to go wrong. So I decided to hang, go out and ease my mind. I told myself you would never know what you might find. I took a hot bubble bath instead of a shower. Got rid of the dragon. It took me an hour. <laughs> Decided on a sweatsuit, Gucci red and white. Some rings and ropes. Then I'm on for the night. Like, that's 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 good imagery. Like that's that's generally good imagery. Um, continuing on, right? I jetted out the door and hailed a taxi and said 54 in a hurry, and jumped in the back seat. We arrived. He said 8:50, and I don't count my tip. I said don't drink and drive. Give me my change for I bust your lip. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> it just continues on. It's actually a really long ass story, and it's and it just it winds and yeah, it just goes back and forth between things. It's it's actually really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, and that's just one track, right? Uh, you mentioned the dragon, which is a, a, a song earlier uh, in the in the uh, in the in the track list, and that's also a good song. I really enjoyed that. Uh, and yeah, I just. I mean, it's a. Year, I mean, I guess it's because it's like a year after. Um, there, there's a year after the first album. There's not really much like evolution, but it's just more of the same stuff. And I'm here for that. I'm I'm here for more of the same stuff on that front. Um, the quality's just the quality just is still there. It's consistent. 
Um, I'm trying to. F- I can't. I. I guess I prefer the first album just because, like, as a continuous listen, I enjoyed it. But even with that said, like, there's no. There's really no. There's no bad song on here. I'm not even saying like there's a skip in here on Biz Never Sleeps. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those weird. It's one of those weird phenomena for me personally when I listen to it. I'm just like, what? 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 Is there anything I don't like about this? Uh, and I was trying to find one, but I can't. I can't. I just. Uh, it's just another album I thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, it's a great project. I think it's the beats for me that aren't quite at the level they were on the previous record. But aside from that, like I, it's not even that they're not good it's just that i think the first record the beast were just legendary sure. so maybe yeah, yeah you know just a friend blew the fuck up obviously i mean really blew up like it went number nine on the hot 100 in 1990 absolutely epic for a hip-hop song okay so prior to this the only songs in hip-hop that had gone onto the top 10 in the hot 100 walk this way run dmc you got a fight by the beastie boys both have huge rock elements yeah, wild thing uh, and Funky Cold Medina by Tone Loke, both rock elements as well. Uh, there was an Eric B. and Rakim as features. I forget what song that was. I didn't write that down. Uh, Bust a Move with Young MC. And then we get Bismarck E with Just a Friend, the seventh time a hip-hop song had made it into the top ten. That's so epic. And the song, you know, obviously borrows heavily from the 1968 song, You Got What I Need by uh, Freddie, Freddie, I forget who who made that song. My apologies. But I feel like the the success of this song with the sample included probably led to the controversy around the the next album. But we'll get to that. But Biz said he actually called up a bunch of singers. Freddie Scott, Freddie Scott. Um, So Biz said he called up a bunch of singers to sing the hook, but none of them turned up to the studio. So he said, fuck it. And he sung it himself. Now, this this is a big thing. Like... Queen Latifah was singing on records, absolutely. But Queen Latifah is a singer and a rapper. Like, Biz was not a singer, you know? He was... So he fully trusted himself. And this... I want to I impress this point, okay? Because this is something that happens a lot now, but it was very rare back then. He fully trusted himself and trusted his personality to carry the song past his own vocal ability. If you listen to Kanye singing, if you listen to 50 Cent singing, a lot of the singer, rappers who incorporate melodic singing into their songs now, when they don't have that ability like Queen Latifah or CeeLo Green, for example, I think we can trace a lot of that back to Biz. And maybe they don't, maybe, you know... That it's not like an actual link. Maybe there's is correlation rather than causation. But he was one of the first to ever do this. Certainly, certainly the first to do it in the mainstream. Certainly the first to do it at that level. Absolutely, because it's written right here on the page. Like these other songs that came prior to it, they weren't doing this that Biz did. So, and that song is the epitome of Biz. And I, you know, I got really fucking pissed off, and I still get pissed off because people haven't changed. The, the Just a Friend rapper. The Just a Friend rapper, Bismarck E. Bismarck e, known for just a... F- fuck, come on, man. Like, can we stop with this fucking bullshit? Like, it really pisses me off. He was way more than just a friend rapper. So I I do feel a little bit uh, insecure saying this, but I, I felt like the song was the epitome of Biz. Not to say it was his pinnacle. Not to say that this was his greatest achievement. Not to say this was the only thing he's ever done. Not at all. But... On this song, he was wholesome, engaging, authentic, warm, funny. It just has his energy and his aura. And I think that's what propelled it so far into the mainstream. You know, I it wasn't a one-hit wonder kind of thing because Biz was just being himself. And it was just a song that hit. 
you know, there's a difference between trying to set out and make a hit song and just being yourself and a hit song comes along. And I think that that's what Biz did on that. And the album is great, man. Dedication is a really epic opening to the album. Uh, the organ with the beat not particularly prominent at all, just hanging out in the back while Biz just shouts over the top. Obviously, there's no Miley Mile on this, so it's just Biz and, and Cool V. And uh, you'll notice the the sample on the second song is the same as on Jay-Z's Where I'm From, and then that was on St. Pablo by Kanye off the Life of Pablo. So I, I also think this is the genius of Biz, and I don't think it gets said enough. He knew how to sample. He really, really knew how to sample. Every single sample he used was on point. It lifted the energy of the song, the momentum of it. And I certainly found like the, the transition from just a friend to not just another woman was really perfect. I think the cadence really matches, felt like an extension mm. of that song. Great project, you know. I, I don't think, I actually agree, I, I don't think it comes close to his debut, actually. You know, I think it's really good, really solid. A little less engaging, maybe a little less energetic, maybe a little more reserved, but still a great project when i think if he dropped this as his debut we'd probably be saying this was a classic you know rather than going off but i think going off was just that great that um yeah maybe this in in comparison doesn't look as good but it's still eight nine out of ten to me yeah i think the uh the point about sampling uh and his sampling chops uh is really really understated um some 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 tracks that come through throughout uh just really especially in the first two albums really just uh they they, they just hit so freaking nice like it's, it's like sometimes you just hear a sample right and it's there right it's, and it adds something and it's cool but if it wasn't there uh it would it would it it probably be the the beat will probably survive, um. But Biz uses uses samples in such a way that <laughs> it, it it just come it just comes into it just comes into little pockets. Like sometimes they're very short and sweet, or sometimes they create the whole hook in a sense, and it it just it just it just lifts everything up. It just really heightens the quality of the whole uh, song and the whole project uh, and the project as a whole um so yeah that that his sampling chops and just what he picks and uh how he combines it i think also the fact that he combines some of the samples sometimes into the uh into like either the story he's telling or just the vibe he's giving off in terms of what this what what he's talking about on the track um yeah, it's just wonderful. Um, so I need a haircut. Uh, the 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 infamous I need a haircut, uh, which obviously features the again infamous track that is Alone Again. Um, I'll let you talk about Alone Again as a obviously storyline uh, if you want. But yeah, the the rest of the album's cool. Uh, <laughs> Toilet stool rap is the funniest <laughs> shit ever. Yeah. Um, just. Just it's just this is glorious. I, I I don't know what else I can say to it. The fact that you have a whole hook about sitting on a toilet waiting for my bowels to move. I got a doo doo rap. I got a doo 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 doo. Like it's just ah oh god. It, like it, it'll be corny if anyone else did it. You know what I mean? It's just but it's just the first the first time I heard that I was just like fuck's sake. It's just fucking. <laughs> I I just chuckled. I was like oh gosh, can't believe he's actually doing this to me. Uh, uh, I was, it was a four. It was four in the morning, chilling on my commode. It was me, my pad, my pen, and my bad breath. All of a sudden, I came up with something that was real diff. 
even that even that imagery i mean i don't want the imagery of Bismarcky sitting on the toilet in 4am writing rhymes but here we are all thinking about the all thinking about that as i say it <laughs> so mm-hmm. congratulations guys sorry um but yeah uh, apart from that uh one thing i'm going to i'm going to i want to i'm I'll, uh, i'm going to mention this more again uh in the next album because it comes off so prevalent in the next album um, but what what you what you uh, are you into shout out songs? What, what's your what's your what's your meter on uh, shout out songs? Uh, look, I'm not against it. I think it's a huge part of hip hop history. Um, you know, it's it might not be my it might not be my like go to song. Like I'm not gonna go and listen to that. Like the game does it all the time. He has a couple of those where he shouts out like hundreds of rappers. You know, it's like. I'm I'm here for it, man. It's, it's just part of their history, and it gives a little bit like uh, at the end of um, firstly uh, Blueprint "Mama Loves Me" by Jay. That was an amazing song. I really liked that. I thought that was quite a creative way of doing that. And then the end of uh, my first song on the Black Album. I know I always go back to Jay Z, but like it's just where my knowledge is. I liked that. You know, Last Call. I love Last Call. I think it's an amazing song. So I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I am too. Um, but there, there's levels to it, right? There's, there's a, uh, there, there's yeah, there's a big L on put it on, you know, shouting out Kid Capri, Diamond D, the rest of the ITC, right at the end of the track, and then there's the ten minute shout out track that the Fugees did at the end of Blundered on Reality. Hmm. Nobody's listened to that, guys. I'm sorry, like, like nobody. Like put that on the liner notes, put it in the vinyl, uh, vinyl artwork, uh, uh, in the back of the vinyl or whatever, or, or the inside sleeve. You know, what I mean, just, 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 just no. <laughs> I'm not. I, I listened to that ten minute one once and never again. Like, you just, there's no point to it. And you know, Biz does it as well. Uh, you know, he does, he does on this on this ticket album. He does two my boys. Uh, it it just goes. Oh, and then, oh, and I'm just like, is the album gonna start at some point? You know, that's just that's just my that's just a, a personal gripe I have. Um, it happens in the next album twice, and uh, it honestly kills it for me. Um, not to spoil the second album, but uh, the fourth album, but yeah, I just I get it, you know, and like, and you know, you, you put the you know, it's part of hip hop history. I'm just like, yeah, I know it is, but yeah. yeah. If you're gonna put it, if if there's like I said, there's levels to it. Put it on Big L. I'm here for it. If it's you know the last at the end of the song, right? You know, shout out to the gang. Da 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 da. But I'm not having a whole track where you're literally just naming names. Like I'm I'm not. If I wanted that, I'd read an audio book. I'd listen to an audio book, right? That's what I do. Um, but I'm not. I'm listening to an album. So just just a personal grab I wanted to throw out there apart from that you know solid album can't complain obviously you can get into the alone again if you really want because I just derailed the whole entire thing just for that no nah, that's fair I think it's um yeah I think that's that's understandable um it's they're, they're not songs that I go back to regularly and I think it's the first time you listen to a song like that that the most the most engaging it's gonna be and then every time after that it's kind of like the I don't know I don't know. You know, it's you've already listened to it. You've already heard the name. The only, the only reason you listen to it several times if you were doing a trivia. Yeah, yeah. What's your special yeah. subject, Biz Marquee? Name yeah. a name from uh, one of his shout-out songs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. No, that's very true. And I think this album... Uh, look, man, I, 
The storm that Biz became embroiled in should really have ended his career, not just as a solo artist, but the verdict and the stigma around it and the way that it changed the dynamic of hip-hop music after that. Like, think about if someone did that in 2020 in, in some way and made everyone have to entirely change the way they created music. I, I don't know how that person would be uh, received. And the thing is, it's not Biz's fault. It's not Biz's fault at all. Like, it's just crazy. Like, everyone that I've, I've heard speak on this said that Biz was just doing what he does. He's sampling. And the label was the one who should have got the sample cleared. And the lawsuit was against the label. Yeah, it was against Biz because it was his music and he was earning money off it. But it wasn't Gilbert O'Sullivan versus Biz Marquis. It was Gilbert O'Sullivan versus Warner because Warner was the one who should have cleared that sample and they didn't clear it. And that must have been so frustrating for Biz because obviously we get one more album and I'll speak about how great that is in a second and, and the whole theme behind it. But then he dipped because, you know, the, the next album doesn't do very well. And people around it were saying that he was kind of... And, you know, he dipped and went into DJing. And he it wasn't like he fell and didn't land on his feet. Like, he just decided to do something different. But it just kind of pissed me off, the whole rhetoric around this. Like, this is... And I'm guilty of this, too. I'm guilty of this, too. When we did the sampling uh, episode, I was saying Biz. You know, I was saying Biz Marquee, the Biz Marquee song off the Biz Marquee album and the Biz Marquee verdict. And I want to change that narrative because it's not that. It's the Warner Brothers song. It's the Warner Brothers verdict. You know, that's what I would more like the, the rhetoric around it to be. But it's impossible to say that this was not a pivotal landmark moment in the way that hip-hop music was created because everyone was sampling back then. And we did the sampling episode. And let me just read that relevant section from that, that this is why this is such a big deal. So the 1991 Warner Brothers case ended a spike of samples per song that was 3.5 samples per song in 1990, right? That's how many in hip-hop uh, top 10 albums uh, or albums that went top 10 on the Billboard 200 in hip-hop. They were using th an average of 3.5 samples per song, the highest in the data set. And by 2019, that was 0.33 samples per song. That's one sample every three songs versus 3.5 every one song, you know? And that's so wild. Listen to these numbers. So we start at 1986. This is samples per song. 1.5, 2.5, 3.3, 2.9, 3.5 in 1990, 2.9, 3.1, 2.8, 2.1, 1.5, 1.4, 1.1, 0.9, 0.6. It just dips. It dips so heavily, you know? And biz changed the industry inadvertently. Um, and, you know, it's just, I, I just, it pisses me off that biz is the one who gets lumped with this because I, you know, it just doesn't seem like it was his fault. It seems like he was, it's a major label record. Is Biz the one who is responsible for clearing those samples? Is Biz the one who's responsible for paying that money out of his own pocket? Because all the um, the industry interviews I've seen around this say that the industry was pissed off because it changed the way they had to interact with this music. They had to hire more people to make sure that samples were being cleared. And, you know, this set a precedent. It's not like, uh, this was like the first time anyone knew that sampling was happening. Everyone knew it was going on, but this set the precedent that you had to pay and you basically had to pay what the original artist wanted. So it just created all this extra work for labels. And yeah, I think it's unfair to lump Biz into it. I think he was just creating a song like so many artists do and that's what happened. And yeah, man, that's I, I don't have much else to say. I think the album is really solid. 
uh, I think it again it held, gets held back in discussion because of the controversy. I don't think people talk about the record as a whole, and I'm guilty again of doing that because I've just spent like fucking five minutes talking about the controversy. But uh, it's full of his trademark storytelling. I feel like his beats really skate through because they're really functional, but it does feel a little bit more claustrophobic on this record. You know, a lot closer, a lot less free association behind the boards. I would say tighter, but with Biz, it doesn't always feel like tightness fits, if that makes sense. I think all MCs have to go through an album at some point in this career where the beats aren't it, and you have to see what the content and the technique is like. You know, you think of Jay-Z on Kingdom Come, Nas on Nostradamus, Rakim once he started dropping solo records, Wu-Tang members when they didn't have RZA on their joints. Uh, it's like, Biz is great on this project. You know, his stories are still vivid. He's still really engaging, still really energetic. And I think he carries the record basically with his vocal performance entirely. I just didn't really like the production on this project. Um, and that's why I think it falls down in his in his catalog. But um yeah, then we get obviously all samples cleared. Yeah, all samples cleared, which I feel like is uh, a lot of um, <clears throat> uh, is very uh, more symbolic than anything. Obviously, the you know the the jokes on the literally on the tin, um, and the album itself doesn't really uh, you know uh, uh, approach. Uh, any and much of it, um, but yeah, the album itself is uh, calm to me. I feel like the it, it's it, it's actually kind of weird thinking about it now. Now you mentioned that uh, about haircut um, and the beats, I feel like it really there's a lot of dependency on the beats when it comes to biz. You know, uh, in in whether in whether it's enjoyable or not. Um, uh, it's kind of it's kind of weird thinking about it now as I, you know, just think about what how I've been listening to it this past week. But uh, now that you said that, I'm really trying to like think of why I enjoyed the first two albums and then the others were just like I. Um, and even with that said, like uh, there's still that there's still the comedy's still there. Like there's just, there's a literally a track called "I'm an Ugly Nigger." So what? <laughs> it's just it's glorious. Uh, it's uh, and, and even you know, it's a glorious t- title, but uh, yeah, these lyrics here back in the days, I'm not gonna lie, they used to say I'm ugly, a hurting guy. Uh, they would crack on my lips and my powder, saying I look like yuck without the house or weak. Ha- uh, the, uh, well, the genius lyrics here aren't exactly that great. Uh, just because the way I look, they said I farted because uh, uh, I was very, very sad. And you wonder why? Because my looks and my gear wasn't ultra fly. Like, it's it's really it's really sensitive. Like, yeah. Some of the shit is real sensitive. Vulnerable. Uh, yeah, real sensitive, real vulnerable. Um, but then you have like Cooker got a boyfriend, which is just glorious, silly shit. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's a it's a it's a glorious uh, fun track. So yeah, man, it's it's more of the same stuff, and I, and I I feel like that's that has to be the thing because. It's not exactly like the lyrics are getting better or worse, right? It's not even about that, really. It's more just a precedent or it's more presided over uh, whether you enjoy the production behind it. And uh, again, must say, uh, I don't know why the hell Groovin has that long-ass outro with a long-ass shout-out track again. And thanks as well. Like, come on, bro. How How do you have several 
shout out tracks like, on one. That this doesn't is... make sense. How Charlie's did you not making... get it out in the first place? You don't need two. Like it doesn't make sense to me. I was literally doing. What was I doing? What was I doing? Listening to grooving. I was doing science, and then I, I was doing something in my room. I, I, I was like, I don't know. I was probably like cleaning or whatever, right? Moving shit around, and I was listening to it. And then I finished what I was doing, and I was like, "Is he still shouting people out?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, and then I was like, what the fuck? How long has this got?" And then it came to thanks again. I'm just like, "No, can't do it. Can't do it. I'm sorry. You, you, you can't give me that. You can't give me two. You cannot. You cannot possibly give me two songs of shout outs. I can't. <laughs> it's just that. If anything's diabolical, that's diabolical. That is diabolical. Okay." Don't be do that to me, all right? So, so <laughs> I promise that's the last time I'm gonna mention it. Fucking hell, that was, that just really—I was so dumbfounded. I was like, "You, how did how did this even happen? How do you manage to get two two shout out tracks out uh, on one album? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable." Okay. Yeah. Uh, fuck, that's funny. <laughs> um, look, man, this album is this album is is amazing because like. So I was helping my friend move a few months ago and they were coming into the living room and they tripped on a vacuum and fell straight into the TV and they smashed it to the floor and it was just absolute mayhem and I just started laughing. But after that happened, they said that they preferred if I didn't laugh at all. So like whenever I've done something embarrassing, I kind of want people to laugh along with me, but a lot of people prefer to face it with dignity. And I think either way is acceptable, right? I think what isn't acceptable when you take a bit of an L and, you know, there's there's criticism or whatever, whether it's warranted or not, frustration, aggression, lashing out, getting angry and upset, these are not usually reactions that are met with, you know, a positive response. You either laugh How about it. How much TV? It was a cheap TV. It was only a couple of hundred bucks. So it wasn't, okay. it was, you know, the, the it wasn't like a huge amount. It was more the embarrassment of, of falling, you know. And I was like, oh, okay, so you want me to just, you know, we'll just keep moving on with our day rather than me laughing. I fully understand that. Um, Biz chose to be laughed at. And it was fucking perfect. Make a joke out of it. Like, the cover art is Biz as the judge in the courtroom with the biggest gavel I've ever seen in my life. That gavel is massive. It looks like a a tomahawk or something but i love that he came out swinging on this record and then he just dipped for over a decade like this is recapturing that feel of the debut album for me honestly i think the beats are 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 more fun they're lighter they're not great they're not it's not you know still not at the level of the first two records but they're a little bit more open plan and they give him a little bit more of a chance to just skate all over them like i'm ugly so what great song title hooker got a boyfriend bad by myself funk is back like Family Tree is a wild song. Like Grandma Joyce driving her Rolls Royce, and, but he just keep, he puts these story these vivid storytelling in. It's like my girl Eleanor went to the drugstore to get deodorant. I think it was pure, because the one she used before made her underarm sore, and that's why Eleanor don't use it no more. <laughs> what? It doesn't mean anything, but it's like it's still cool, you know. He it's just like dad poetry. It's just so good. He says a girl named Betty who used to go with Freddie. Asked me if I was ready for us to go steady. I told Betty that I wasn't ready to go steady because it would hurt Freddie. You know, it's just like, it's just nice, man. <laughs> it's just nice. It's wholesome. It's authentic. It's a great project. And obviously that was it, man. That was it. It was a full deco- decade before we get his next project. And 
everyone around him at the time said he was consciously choosing to do something else with his life, you know, and that was DJing. People thought he was crazy at the time. And it's a fascinating thing because all samples clearly didn't do particularly well commercially, but it was such a graceful way of handling what he went through. It really was graceful, honestly. Like the the rhetoric around it, the articles I've read around it, they were they were hammering biz for this, you know, and not hammering him in a way of like, let's never listen to this man again. It was more like biz it was biz's fault that this sample thing had happened. And rather than dwell on it, rather than he just created a bit of a joke out of it went about his business, and then he said, you know what, I'm going to leave for a while and come back when I'm ready. And I think it was a graceful way, really graceful way of handling it. He he became a DJ and an actor and obviously just a presence. You know, he was on even in the Living Color in, in 1993. I think it was mid-90s actually, Living Color, I'm not sure. Uh, 1993 film Meteor Man. Uh, he would be on Men in Black 2 in 2002. You know, remember him, just remember him DJing during lockdown last year on IG Live? It was so fire. And he was he was a professional DJ. You know, he was not a hobbyist at all. And he dropped a few singles during the 90s and guest spots. Um, but like, you know, he kind of just dipped and I, I really respect him for that. Honestly, I really respect him. Um, I think it showed a lot of maturity in hindsight. I think a lot of people probably wanted would have wanted to stay and stay until the conversation, and stay until people forgot completely about that incident. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just stay there until the conversation, you know, was like 1% or 2% of the times people were mentioning biz, they talked about that verdict. But he didn't, he he was just like, fuck it, it's not my fault, I didn't do anything wrong really, you know, I'm just gonna dip, and he did, and I really respect that. And then we in 2003, we get Weekend Warrior. I'm interested to see how you feel about this one. Oh, yes. Another glorious example of 2000s music. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, yeah, so it, this, is, this is literally per- a perfect place to, for, for you. If you guys or ever, ever ask a question of why I feel 2000s was the most fucking weird decade ever, go peep this album. Because, and, and especially if you've listened to prior Biz albums. Because you listen to this and it's just like 2000s production just washing over, uh, washing over everything. And it's just fascinating. It's just so fascinating. Um, as for the album itself, uh, it's cool. So, you know, it goes uh, for about an hour. Um, I actually really, I actually really liked, um, uh, Chinese food while I was going, while I was walking the dog to this, right? I was, I was, I was enjoying it, right? It was cool. Like the the hook's fun. The hook's just great. Like four chicken wings and my shrimp fried rice. That's good. Beef and broccoli with a little white rice. That's good. Chicken chow mein with a little white, white rice. That's good. And it's great, right? And and then you get to the end, and he's doing stuff, just doing, you know, noises that try to resemble Chinese things, and yeah, it that yeah that 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 bit didn't age well. Um, Disrespectful, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't work. It didn't work for me. Um, uh, uh yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave that, but apart from that, I I, I enjoyed that song. Um, but yeah, uh, where where the he- where the hell did Diddy come from, come into this? Like, <laughs> I, I just wonder when when did that happen? I was I was yeah. just like, 
Okay. <laughs> um, let's just bring Diddy on here to just uh, to just fle- uh, freak on this. Why not? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, let me see you bounce is uh, just glorious because I feel like they were trying to f- create a world record for the amount of times bounce was said in a in a song. Um, especially by Little Man. Everything, ba- everything be a bounce. Maybe see girls a bounce. Maybe see boots a bounce. Maybe see party a bounce. Disc jockey be a bounce. Razor Sage up a bounce. Bounce, 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 bounce everywhere. <laughs> it's just so much bounce. Like, chill, fucking bouncing everywhere. Um, you know, and, uh, <sighs> yeah, it's like, there's, some, there's some okay stuff right here. Right? You know, you know, it's, uh, turn back the hands of times. Cool. Friend, friends is great. I actually really like friends. Uh, friends gave me the vibe of like uh, being drunk with your mate and you're just singing it. Uh, it, you're just singing the, you're just singing that chorus uh, while you're drunk, just walking down the roads. Why can't we be friends? Just, just, just sing, just singing that while drunk. You know what I mean? Gives off that kind of vibe. I like it. Uh, Eric Sermon is great on Not a Freak, but the uh, the the hook to that wasn't my favorite. Um, you know, beatboxing in Lose Goods, and yeah, it's a it it just it just it just suffers from two thousand production, and I can't get over it. I I I wonder when that Elephant Man phone call came in. I wonder where that Diddy phone call came in. Uh, that was just that they they just I I don't know where that where where that came from in terms of features. It was just uh completely out of the blue. But I mean, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. Like I didn't really. I apart from the amount of times Elephant Masses bounced on the track, I actually really like that track. <laughs> Funny enough. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's 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 a it's a bit eclectic. I'll I'll, I'll say that it's a very eclectic album. Yeah, it's a weird album. You know, I I didn't even know what to expect from. It. I'd never heard it before, personally, before last week. Um, and you know, Chinese food has some synths in it. Let me see you bounce. Definitely two thousand and three, like really two thousand three. Like a dream even had a little bit of that that Rockefeller soul sample in it. Uh, it's almost like it was an oh, yeah. attempt. Yeah, it had a little bit of that. It had a little bit. I, of thought, that. I got like college dropout. Yeah, like, I, I thought it fit right on college dropout or some shit. Yeah, yeah. It had it. It had a. It felt like it was trying to bridge 1998 with 2000 and 1988. Sorry, with 2003, and I think it was just a mess. You know, turn back the hands of time is a rough listen. Uh, I think lyrically it's great and the story is great, but the beat is such a miss. I actually like the beat on Not a Freak. Agreed. It sounds like something Timberland would make for LL Cool J. Um, I think the last track was the best in my view. Uh, definitely a contemporary beat. I think Biz's cadence is really unique, really smooth. I think he sits in the pocket really well. But it's a weird record. It was kind of shuffled out without any promotional fanfare. Feels more like a passion project than a piece of music. I think uh, it maybe does him a little bit of a disservice, but not in any terminal way. Um, I think Biz was so gifted. I have, I you know, I don't have any doubts that he would have transitioned into the ninety, the mid nineteen nineties and late nineteen nineties if he continued to put out full length projects. But you know, taking that full ten years out and then kind of jumping back in, it was clear that he wasn't. You know, it was it was weird because like some of the beats did sound really dated for two thousand and three, but some of them didn't. Some of them didn't, and sometimes it felt like he was trying to sound two thousand and three, and sometimes it just sound like he was trying to sound nineteen eighty eight. So it was just it was a weird mix, and um, yeah, I don't think it was a, like a serious money making kind of thing. He was like trying to create a magnum opus or like a huge event 
record to come back with. I think he was just having a bit of fun and enjoying himself, and uh, I can fully respect that. So, you know, that was the last record we got from Biz, and I, how do you, how do you see that? Like, how do you see his musical career? Because we really only got a snapshot of his ability with regards to projects. We saw it with acting. We saw it with, you know, TV shows he was on. We saw it with guests. You know, he was on a couple of Avalanche's songs, and it was amazing. Um, but we really only saw, like, that that couple of years period uh, with full-length projects where he was uh, really giving us his artistic ability. How do you see his discography then? I see as... I definitely think that I definitely think the case uh, stunted uh, a lot of the potential, uh, not not even a lot yeah. of potential, but just um, it it stopped the momentum for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think in his case, he made lemonade out of lemons. Um, after that, like you said, just trying new things uh and uh I, I and even with that said i still think that if the case never existed uh because let's be real uh it could have happened to anybody yeah exactly um yeah that, that's literally the whole best literally the be all and end all uh the only point i make towards that case because it could have easily happened to bomb squad uh it could easily happen to epmd Right, any name, name, name of eighties hip hop producer, it could have happened, right? Um, so you know that's just unfortunate on that front that it was just that label from that from that artist that saw it and was like, "Hang on a minute, I let check check for Warner Brothers emails for me." Nobody there. I know email didn't exist back then, but just go with me. You know, uh, check the email. No, no one there. All right, let's get this, get the lawyers on the phone. Mm. You know, so. I, I, I do think the discography itself is, you know, solid, right? There's two, there's there's one, maybe two classics in there, genuinely, um, objectively. Uh, and the other albums are cool. They have good stuff there. Um, it's not like the, it's not like there's a, there was a dip in lyrical quality. So there's always good stuff to find. Um, and that brings, and that brings me back to the, you know, uh, your, and everyone else's gripe about how people, how uh, publications were calling them the just a just a friend rapper. Um, there's there's so much variety uh, in his just for for one element, just lyrical content, right? There's the uh, there's the great just storytelling, great imagery. There's great comedy. There's the sensitivity. There's the vulnerability. Uh, scattered everywhere and uh and in the mid and in the middle of all that is just a dude having fun with his work and, and having fun with this art form right here uh not just doing the lyrics and not just rapping but you know producing uh the elite the low-key elite sampling that we mentioned um the beatboxing which you know is a is a is a is a thing that is is always on the. I th- I feel like in I feel like as hip hop history goes, um, and as hip hop gets older, I feel like beatboxing is one of those things that kind of, uh, 
is seen as a it's kind of seen as a thing that if you're re- if you're really good at it uh then 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 you know you can you may be able to do something with it but uh there's a lot of people that try it and it just doesn't come off well um but it doesn't re- it hasn't really aged that it hasn't really aged that well as a skill like people don't respect the art of it where you know yeah, you can make a case for beatboxing being a really genuine uh, skill in just how people manipulate their vocals. Um, it's just crazy to me to think about. But anyway, that's a side note. Um, but the fact that he did all that and had all that, you know, genuine talent is something to behold and something to respect and applaud. Um, but I do feel answering your question, uh, the this the discography, particularly the album work, was stunted. And while we got stuff after that, uh, I and, and you know you, you could also throw in the the landscape around hip hop at the time. Um, maybe if the case didn't happen, maybe he would have dipped anyway because of just how things were changing. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know. Maybe would you would would people have taken a Bismarcky album in 1998, like in the heat of everything that was going on that time? Don't know. So it's something to think about. Um, but it never it never happened, so it's no point. But um, yeah, I hope I hope I answered the question. But yeah, so there's there's a there's a lot to there's a lot to. I think I think just you know as a final thought for me is uh, you know there's a the it's it's not ever it's not ever the thing that people put on the headline. There's always more stuff below the surface, and for someone like Biz, I feel like a lot of people have a lot of testimonials towards him um, that are always positive. Um, I put on my show what's good a clip from Big Daddy Kane talking about Biz and how. Biz literally helped Big Daddy Kane get a record deal. Think about that. He helped one of the greatest rappers of all time get a record deal. <laughs> like he literally, uh, he literally, Big Daddy Kane wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for Biz Marquee. And that's just fucking fascinating on one level. So, yeah, man. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's one of the greatest artists of all time in just so many different directions like it's not just about his musical output it's about everything you know it's about everything and you're right how many people actually make it beatboxing yeah so it's a rarity but biz could dance as well like he could act he was funny he could DJ. That, yeah. mm-hmm. like he could do everything man like if you watch his dancing back in the day there's a there's a clip with him will smith and maybe slick rick um classic so classic man it's just like you watch his live performances and it's just a joy. He's a joy. And he's a joyful presence. He's always been a joyful presence in hip-hop. I have adored him since, like, 2004. And, like, when he popped up on the, the Avalanches song, uh, I think it was Noisy Eater. Bro, unbelievable. Like, oh, it might have been... There was another song he was on, too. I've not done my research on that. But, um... Yeah, man, just just look, great, great entertainer, great performer, great artist, and yeah, very sad, very sad that he's passed away so young. Fifty seven is is so young for anyone to pass away. It's just it's it's really sad, and uh, I think he 
probably gets the respect he deserves from, you know, every, I, I never hear anyone criticizing him. I never hear anyone saying he's overrated. I never hear anyone. It's just love. And he was, in, he was involved in so much. As Charlie said, like giving, getting, helping Big Daddy Kane get his first record, record deal is, you know, is just so much. Everyone knew him back in the day. Everyone knew him in the eighties. It's just, just a joyful presence. And we're blessed. We're blessed to ha- still have that energy in the world, uh, through his interviews and through his records and, so yeah, man, rest in peace to Biz and great career. Shout out to Biz. Yes, yeah, so and we'll shop into like note if you have anything. I mean, we've talked we've been talking for nearly ninety minutes, but <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, there's two things. Firstly, what the hell happened in the sprint with the the Jamaican uh, one hundred meter final? Like the three of them won, and then the girl who won was just like ostracized. It was just the weirdest energy. It was such a great race. It was such a great race. But um, I was mad confused as to what was going on between them because I thought mm. that they would be celebrating together, but they didn't. And it was, uh, it looked a little bit awkward. It was really, it was really interesting. Um, and the other thing is power sucks. Like, <laughs> bro, look, look, it has, it, it has no, enough. No, okay. It has enough to keep me going because I think the writing is good. I think this, the plot and the writing is interesting. Like, I don't know where it's going next. I never know what's going to happen next. But some yep. of the characters are woeful. Ghost is, oh. what is he doing? Some, some of the decisions he makes are just perplexing. And Tasha's the greatest character in the show by such a huge margin. She is just Eons. amazing. Yep. Uh, Bobby's Light great. Uh, sorry, Bobby. Tommy's great. Tommy's great. Um, I love Tommy. He's... He's just predictable, you know. You know, you know what you're gonna get with Tommy. With Ghost, it's like it's just random. He makes decisions, and I'm like, wait, what? So uh, I'm struggling a little bit with it, man. I I'm enjoying it. Like, don't get me wrong. I think the writing's pretty good, but some of the decisions they make, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Why'd you do that? So, what season you on right now? I think I'm almost. I'm almost finished season two. Oh, nah, You need to. You need to make it to season. F- like fucking five, bro. Like you have to. I need you to. I don't actually. Even... You know, I don't actually need you to, because I think season four is the perfect place to stop. That's where I stopped watching. Uh, well, I stopped at season five, but I wish I stopped at season four. So if you want, uh, I, I won't say anything. But that, uh, that's I. I want you, if you can, just get to season four. And if you want to watch season, f- if you want to hate watch season five, I'm not sure if you're one of those hate watching people. No, um, no, no, but we'll but yeah, uh, th- those two seasons just cinched it for me. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, this is fucking irritating. Like just ugh, professionally, it fucks me off. And just as a as a person that was really fucking into it, like for the first three seasons, I was invested, bro. I was so invested. Like, I was I was like, I was like live tweeting episodes. I was like, shit, bro, this is lit. Uh, and then it just oh, the dip, the dip, the dip. Oh, the dip. Sure, you know what? Sean is one of my favorite characters because he's mad sneaky. He's high. He's he's hiding shit from everyone. It's like, but he's presented as this kind of like young naive guy. But like he's he's hiding shit from every single person in the show. It's like he has like a different relationship and a different like ecosystem of things he talks about with everyone important in the show. I find that fascinating, but yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not, you know what I am? I'm not a hate watcher, but I'm a, if I started, I'm going to finish it kind of thing. So 
Oh, uh, poor bastard. Yeah, I might have to endure it. You know, I don't think I can quit. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be allowed to. <laughs> you poor fucker. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I just stop it. Yeah, I, I, I advise uh, stop it season season four. But if you wanna, if you if you can do it all, if you do if you do all six seasons, then good on you. Uh, big applause for that. Uh, cause Jesus Christ, no. the the just the, just the it's how can I how can I how can I explain without not explaining it? Cause I feel like I need to elucidate but not give it away. The the. When a show relies on twists in the way that power does, because let's be real, they got some good twists going. They they, they, they yeah, do they get some good, good twists. twists. So like they, yeah. yeah, they do get some. Oh, that was oh oh! Yeah. I can't wait to watch the next episode, kind of thing. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, they definitely. do some great fucking cliffhangers. Okay, but when you but when you when you put too much onus on that, you kind of get lost in the source in that case, and it can completely tank it. Like you just you you have one and it clusters, so you have like one cliffhanger and you're just like, oh, so that's what they're doing now, and then it just gets and it just rolls and it snowballs, it snowballs. That's what that's what happens. That's what happened in my in my eyes. In in maybe it doesn't happen for you, maybe it doesn't happen for anyone else, but that's just how I felt. It just got to one thing. And then they literally just kept on going with it, and I was like, "No, please don't, please, please, please!" And they just kept doing it. I was like, "Fuck!" Mm. So yeah, that's mm. the best way I can explain it without explaining it. See, I don't know how it gets to five seasons because right now, like, literally everything's Six. on the, literally everything's on the table right now. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, they're they're doing uh-huh. reveals at the rate of like this is the last season or the second last season. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, so wait, what? How long are you gonna? keep this spinning out and it's like it's i think that's another i think that's another wrinkle because it's so action-packed you're just like how is it not chilled out yet (laughs) but you know what they do they walk back reveals a lot of the time i've noticed so they'll reveal something like you know angela will find out that james is ghost and then you'll be like oh snap like this is gonna be crazy and then yep they but then like three episodes later she's questioning whether he's ghost and i'm like wait what (laughs) You walk that back. How did you do that? Like they've done it like three or four I totally times. I forgot about that. that they've done so it like three or four funny. times where they reveal oh. something epic and you think this is going to change the show forever, and then they take oh. three episodes to walk it back till they're back at the original point. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. Like just let's keep it rolling. But they, uh, it's a bit frustrating. I feel like I need to watch it again, like just for prosperity, because I, feel, I, I completely forgot that I was so entrenched, bro. Like I was so fucking entrenched. Like and anything went past me, because um, you were talking about shit happened in season two, and I was just like, that did happen, didn't it? Why did I not notice that bad thing that happened? Like, <laughs> like so many holes, and I was just fucking. Do you know what it is? I think it was because the intro so heat. I think that's it. Like you just get, you just get. This is a big bridge town. Like you, you're just fucking in, bro. You're like, it just carries you. <laughs> The writing is decent, though. Like the I'm not oh, gonna lie, so... it's the plot is decent. It's it's intricate enough and confusing enough, but they bring it all together and they kind of position Ghost as this, you know, man who's been completely abandoned or he's being attacked on all sides. So it is interesting to see, you know, when they put a character under that pressure and see what they do uh, under those circumstances to get out of that. And I think good writing 
doesn't feel super contrived. You know, it doesn't feel like uh, there's all these random plot points that are helping this. This person has so much plot armor that they can't possibly lose, like what was happening in uh, Game of Thrones towards the end. So I don't necessarily feel like Ghost has an insane amount of plot armor. And it, it, at the moment, thus far, I'm feeling like the decisions he's making don't feel super contrived. They just, they're dumb a lot of the time. But I can see, the thing is I can see the car crash up ahead because I don't see how you can reveal so much midway through season two and somehow get to season six with any of these main characters still alive. I just don't get that, you know? So I can see it's about to get derailed. Um, I'm curious as to how it gets derailed, but I'm sure I'll find out soon enough. No comment. Because <coughs> I could respond to that, but I don't want to. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll share leave it there <coughs> from the Fifth Element Podcast. Network. has been Digger Digits. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I've been Charlie Taylor of the Fifth Element. I've been Ben Carter for Pop Numbers. We hope you all have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for the show is a piece of video games by bonus points. Let's enjoy off records for the to use. Socials with fulfillment, hit up by numbers, bonus points, and your records be in the full show notes wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth podcast there production. Thanks for spending time with us, which I'll see you next time on Digging in the Digits. <laughs>